Okay, we're finishing up a question actually today, a little different question than we usually get, but it was a uh, request maybe that we would go over the book of Jude. It's only one chapter of 25 verses. And so what we did was start it last week and we will finish it this week. And the, the question came to us from a friend of ours who lives far away now, used to be here, uh, Ken. And uh, he said, go over Jude because it seems like it's fit for today's world. The whole Bible is fit for today's world. Okay, there's nothing archaic about the Bible. It fits in every new thing. And this, of course, helps. Uh, this was written to the church by Jude, who was half-brother of Jesus. And uh, he warned uh, the congregation. First of all, he said, I want you to defend the faith. I expect you to stand up for what you believe and defend it and understand it well enough to defend it. And then he said, outsiders are going to come in, and I'm giving you a warning about outsiders who are going to come in to subvert. Uh, they come in not to hear and learn and believe, but to subvert. And they are, he explained them in different ways by giving examples. He said they are anti-authority. They have sexual perversion in their mind. They may be driven by money, materialistic things. They are against God's anointed people. And so he warned us about these people who were coming in, he said, to the church, not with the idea to be a part of it, but to uh, stand up against it. And so he's going to warn us about that. And we finished last week in verse 12. They are spots in your feast of charities. They feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds without water, carried about of winds. Trees whose fruit thereof withereth, uh, without fruit twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame and wandering stars. He said they make a big splash, they make a big show, but they don't amount to anything in the end. And that's where we left off, all right? So the warning against these people who were coming into the church and were dangerous to the church. <clears throat> now, verse 14 is where we left off. We'll take it there, Jude, uh, only one chapter, of course, verse 14. Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all and convince all that are ungodly among them of their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against them. You got that? You got what he's trying to say. He says they are ungodly. That's what he warns. Ungodly. There are people, and all of us, I hope, are people who consider God in our life, consider God in our thoughts and the way we view the world, how we respond to the world. We think about how God is involved in those things. And then there are people who say, I don't want anything to do with God. He said, they are ungodly. They never think about God. They ignore God. They do ungodly things. All right, from an ungodly attitude, things that God is against, they don't care about God, and they have hard speeches. 
he says, which they speak against God. They accuse God of all kinds of things. And so they, he says they are the ungodly. And that's a word that's come up through the Bible. It's very much to the point. As we have people in this world who don't consider God, don't think about God, have nothing to do with God, and they just entirely reject the concept of God, particularly when you say, here, this is for you, it's not for me. I have nothing to do with God. Right? So that's the people he's warning us about. And he said, Enoch, and if you go through the Bible, you start with Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel and Seth, and then you go down the line, and you go a seventh generation from Adam, you run into Enoch. And we never heard in the whole Bible that he prophesied. Somehow Jude had collected this prophecy, and he said that when Jesus comes, he's going to straighten that out. Behold, the Lord cometh with 10,000 of his saints. There is a return of Jesus Christ that we talk about, that he's coming to earth, and people who uh, are alive will be caught up with him, and he will come down here and set up a kingdom. And he said when he comes, he's, they're on the top of his list. He's going to deal with ungodly people. You understand when Jesus comes into this world, he's setting up a kingdom. He's going to come through the clouds. The Bible says he's going to just come down and say, remember me? Remember the one that you didn't want anything to do with, the one that you were going to ignore, the one that you said didn't even exist? Remember that? I'm here, and I am in charge. And that's going to be quite a day. Uh, I'm excited to see that day, and someday I look at what's going on around us, and I say, today, today, <laughs> be a good day today to do it. Now, he, we know by the scriptures that certain things are going to unfold in, in our future. We know some of those things, what they are, and so we do have more signs than this. But Enoch, who was right next to Adam way back in history, said, he's coming. He is not going to tolerate the ungodly. And when he arrives on the scene, they will be stripped of any power that they have. It's all going to go. Don't think that they're going to rise up and say, oh, you're here, that's what you think. And he goes, that's what you think. We'll fix you good. All right. And so they will be stripped of power. And the purpose that he's, one of the purposes that he's coming he said was that he'd bring peace. You know, bring peace into this world. That sounds good, doesn't it? So they call him the Prince of Peace. And it's explained that there's a couple ways that that happens. Uh, one way is that uh, he's going to make men beat their weapons into plowshares. He's going to teach you you don't need bombs and guns and all the rest of it and, and all those things. You don't need that. We're going to turn all our energy into living in this world correctly. The purpose that this world was made. And so he's coming to bring peace that way, forcibly, against people who don't want peace. Believe me, the world's full of people who don't want peace, right? You can see that. The second thing he does when he comes is he 
uh, infuses peace into nature. You understand that when man fell, there became a stress in the world of nature. And so one animal eats another. It's all part of that stress that became the fall of man. <clears throat> so when man fell, he just didn't fall by himself. He actually made the whole creation collapse. Partially. Okay. So there's a stress in nature. And he said when Jesus comes and he removes the stress out of nature, all your corn stalks will be that high. <laughs> okay. Stress is that struggles against that. It'll all be that high. And he said the lions will lay down, take a nap with the lambs. Now, together, one eats the other. Right? That's the way it will be. But he said when Jesus comes, you're going to pull the stress out of creation to and bring peace. So the Lord is coming uh, to execute judgment on these people. They will be removed. They will be put out of the way. All right. Here's what's true of them, verse 16. They are murmurers and complainers. You love complainers? I always say I got two ears. You complain in this one, it goes out that one. I'm not here to take complaints. I don't listen to complaints. I'm not particularly interested. I, <laughs> I used to say that one of the best complaints anybody ever gave me was at a Thanksgiving dinner. And it was Thanksgiving. Everybody's going to be thankful, right? Going to be, yeah, right? This old fellow we had here was a real character. And he said to me, I got a complaint. I said, Bill, on Thanksgiving, you got a complaint? He said, yes, the plates are too small. <laughs> Which I considered valid. All right. And so that was the only complaint I ever really responded to like that. <laughs> he was the one who said, when people tell me have a nice day, uh, I always said, yeah, but I had other plans. So that was Bill. Murmurers and complainers, he wasn't really. He was just character. But they are. They complain. They're always, there's everything negative about these people. <clears throat> Walking after their own lust, they are selfish. Their mouth speaketh great swelling words. They got a lot to say. <laughs> Having men's person and admiration because of advantage. They try to influence people and they look at the people around them like, is that an important person or is it not? If it's not important, I don't want anything to do with them. I want to influence important people. So that's how they are in this world. All right, so we get the warning of the ungodly. We were told last week there are various characteristics. Uh, he says God's going to take care of it. God will end that type of thinking when he comes, and he is coming. Verse 17, but beloved, remember the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own godly lust. And be, <clears throat> these be they who separate themselves, sensual, not having the spirit. So you've been warned about mockers. The Bible in several places uh, says, be careful of people who mock, who make fun of what you believe, Make fun of Jesus, make fun of the gospel, make fun of church. Be careful of those people. He said, they're going to be here, 
and they do their own thing. And he says they separate themselves or that they cause division. And so some of these people, he said, when they get into your church, they're going to cause a division because they're always manipulating and pulling this way and that way. And so we have a long book so far, a long chapter about these people, what they're like. Now, what do we do about it? What do we do about it? All right, let's see. Because the rest has to do with what we do about these people. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. <clears throat> so he says, first of all, here's the first thing you do is build yourself Build yourself up. You mean I'm supposed to make myself into a big shot? No, that's not, that's not the biblical way of building yourself up. Build, build, building yourself up is this. You take this, and you read it, and you grasp it, and you comprehend it, and you learn about it. And as you do that, you're becoming spiritually stronger. So we want to be more spiritually strong and capable of dealing with things and so we take the word of God so here's what you do because we live in a world that is hostile and we may have these people come in among us he said you make sure you understand the Bible get it in your head study it regularly comprehend what it's saying and you will be prepared because of the Bible first of all second thing he says Praying in the Holy Ghost, or pray with God, all right, pray with God, that is, we, we <coughs> pray and focus our praying on not, hey God, I want this, hey God, I want that, although we're allowed to ask for things, uh, but the focus is more, okay God, what do you want, what do we Jesus taught us to pray what? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And so that's what we want. What do you want, God? Tell me as we're going to ask for what you want. And so that will help too. So we're going to learn about God here, learn what he wants, and then ask for what God wants. Ask for what God wants your prayer. You want your prayers answered? Figure it out. Study the Bible. Understand it. And then ask for what he wants. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. You're in this room as proof of that. You are in this room right now as proof that if you want what God wants, then here we go. Let's go do it. Go do it. For the first uh, eight months when we came here and opened this building it was a challenge <laughs> it was uh, full of raccoons and all sorts of things and uh, it was a challenge but I had the most exciting eight months of my whole life because God was going to do it and nothing was going to stop it nothing was going to it was fascinating because God was behind it and so he says, if you ask for what I want, you can, I'm, I'm with you. And when we wanted to open this church, he said, yeah, I want to do that too. Here, let me help you. 
I might stand outside two or three weeks after we're cleaning the garbage out. Guy pulls in a drive. What are you doing? We're going to open the church. Okay, your driveway's a mess. I know. He said, don't worry, I'll haul stone today and we'll fix it. Just like that. I had somebody I had known years ago. I got it all covered. By the end of the day, we had a new driveway. Wow, that was cool. <laughs> Can we do that again? Oh, yes, we did it again and again and again and again. Guy walked in. He just got out of prison. He said, what do you do? How much do you pay to work here? I said, I'll give you the same thing I get. Nothing, right? Yep, nothing. He came and he worked, and he, I realized later, he was a foreman on a construction crew. And he came in, he goes, you need a bulldozer next week, I'll bring one. He said, we got to fix this steeple next week. I'll, I'll do that. And he went on and on, it was amazing. God just sent whatever we want. I came here and went through the building with an inspector, and he said, you know, I'm behind you, but you've got to fix the electric <laughs> There's only one light worked in the whole church. One of those in there. That was it. Nothing else worked. And he said, you gotta fit, you gotta do it all over. You gotta redo the whole thing. I said, okay, we'll do that. Thinking, I don't know how we're gonna do that. We'll do that. I went home, my father said, uh, tell me what the inspector said when you get here. So I went down to his house and his friend came to visit him. And he says, well, the inspector says we got to rewire the whole place. The guy sitting next to him says, I'm an electrician. I'll do it. Just like that. It happened over and over and over and over and over again. All right? And that's what God says. You want to pray what I want? I'm with you. Here we go. Verse 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God. There we go. There's the best thing. Love things remain, says Paul, faith, hope, and love, what? The greatest of these is love. People come in this church and say, everybody loves each other. You bet. And that's where we're going to keep it. All right? That's how to get it done. So he says, if you're concerned about the ungodly world and their influence on your church, get yourself in the Bible, pray and ask for what God wants, and then love each other, and you're going to do okay. You're going to do okay. Now, verse 22. <clears throat> and I'm glad he put this in because we'd almost be left kind of like. <clears throat> and <laughs> I have known places like this. Everybody that comes in, they look at him and say, I wonder if that's one of them guys. <laughs> you know, that's not how we're supposed to act. He says, of some have compassion making a difference. Do you understand that people who don't believe are going to walk through the door of that church and we want every one of them we can get? He said, and when they come in and they don't believe, some of them you're going to treat this way. You're going to, verse 22, some have compassion making a difference. So, what you do is you show kindness and love to people. You are soft and easy with them, and they will come to believe what you believe because of your kind ways and the way you talk to them. Right? That's good. That's what we want, all right? And others, verse 23, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Other people are going to come in, and there's different kind of people in the world, and some of the ones that are going to come in are going to uh, 
Well, they're going to shock you a little bit. They're going to shock you a little bit. Because some people, it's just the way they are. Uh, they need a more direct approach. You ever been with people like that? Say, I hit you with a two-by-four, and I think I got your attention, right? <laughs> some people are like that. He says, some people you're going to have to say, hey, look, you can't do that. No, you need to stop that. We'll be happy to help you, but you need to be careful. And he says, you save them with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Right, so some of the people that come into the church, we can love into the group, and our kindness will draw them to God. There may be some who come who have a chip on their shoulder, whatever, and he said, you're going to have to be more direct, take a more direct approach with people. So you got three types, he says. you got the people who are ungodly coming in. I'm warning you against them. They are not here to conform to what you believe. They are here to, to bend the church and try to break it. All right, you've got to understand that. Some people are going to come in just looking to be loved and make a difference, and you can do that. And there's a third group that may come in with a chip on their shoulder, and you'll be okay. So... You all set? Ready to judge everybody comes in the door? <laughs> Just in case you are. He threw in this last verse. This, these are the most famous verses of Jude. Uh, and they are masterful. And they have been repeated over and over and over. It became sort of a final blessing. And many preachers repeat this in their prayers. I've heard it in the end of services and so forth. Billy Graham used to say this regularly. Verse 24, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God our Savior be glory, majesty, dominion, power, both now and forever. If we are in the position of watching people and trying to uh, discern what type of people they are and how we can help them, if we're in that position, then you take a real good look in there first. I remember when you do that, you point at somebody, you got three fingers pointing back at yourself, right? All right, so when you point at somebody, remember you got three things. So, are you all set? Ready to say, I got it all together, I got it perfect. No, none of us are. None of us are. So we're all going to face God. How are we going to do that? Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. God wants to help you personally. And me personally, thank God for that. He's not saying, okay, Olson, you got it all together. I'm waiting. Get with it. No, he said, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. And then I will also present you faultless. And so someday when I get up to heaven and he say, how would you do? Oh, not so good. <laughs> And Jesus will stand next to him and say, I covered it. He's all set. I forgave everything he ever did. And he stands here in front of you today faultless. Wow. Ready for that? 
I, 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 can't, I can't even comprehend some things, and that's something I can barely comprehend. Uh, but it says, and it says it not just here, many places in the Bible, it's very eloquent here. <laughs> he is able to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. He doesn't say, here's Eric the no good bum, I forgave him anyway. <laughs> he says, hey, God, here's Eric. Welcome home. He's going to say that to every one of us who believe. Well, good to see you. Welcome home. We got you covered. You're all forgiven. You are faultless here when you stand with God. To the only wise God, our Savior. And I like the good thing to finish. Only wise God. But this is a book that's supposed to make us a little bit wiser a little bit more prepared for how our church deals with the world. Uh, but when you get right down to it, learn all you can. There's always going to be something you can't handle. There's always going to be something you don't know what to do. There's always going to be something that you won't be able to respond to in a correct way. And so he says, there is really, when you get down to it, there isn't any wise people. There's, there's a wise God. And really, if you want to know who's wise, the only God is truly wise. Only God is truly wise. We're stumbling and learning as we go, falling, right? He says, I'll help you to be faultless. And it is only God that really comprehends and really knows what to do. So we need a constant connection with him to God only wise our savior be glory majesty dominion and power there it is set up on that throne power to rule over the earth power to rule over heaven power to rule every other thing and every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father both now and forever. Once he sets up his kingdom, he doesn't say, well, I'm going to go see how you make out. He says, when I come back, set up my kingdom, it's forevermore, forever. Boy, that's good news. That's good news. So, the little book of Jude on how we watch in our church and what we're supposed to do, learn and pray, right? Learn and pray love each other and then God will help us and he'll watch over us and our treatment of people that come in will be successful as we go through the things that he wants us to know that's the little book of Jude little tiny little book just like that thank you